back to another episode of the Japan Experts Podcast. I'm your host, Miyuki Seguchi. Thank you so much for being here with me today, and it's such a pleasure to have you back. I understand you have started to plan your trip to Japan and have done some or possibly enough research about where to visit. Am I correct? If you are feeling overwhelmed with too many options and not sure about how to narrow down your choices, you are in the right place. In fact, this is one of the biggest challenges I've been helping my clients with through my one-on-one uniquely Japan experience. The very first step I suggest is to make a priority list of places that you'd like to visit. This is a great starting point, but with this step alone, what you might have gotten is an endless list of places. So, what I would suggest is to find clarity and narrow down your choices. The process I use in my program is a set of questions that you can ask yourself to identify the types of experiences that are most appealing to you. These questions are simple and having a clear answer to these questions will be helpful to find the right choice for you and yet they are often overlooked. So in today's Japan Experts Podcast episode, I'd like to introduce the five key questions that will help you prioritize your long list of choices for your trip to Japan. Knowing this, will help you get clearer about your preferences. This will also help you stick with what you want and not change your mind every time you see new options, so that you'll find it faster and easier to create your personalized Japan travel itinerary. You are listening to Japan Experts, the podcast that helps you make your trip to Japan a truly unique and immersive experience. I'm your host, Miyuki Seguchi. I moved overseas to study at age of 18. Since then, I've gained immersive travel experiences in a few dozen countries and realized Japan is a country I should be proud of. And so I learned all things about Japan and became a licensed guide. Now, I'm here to help travelers like you to plan and prepare for a trip to Japan. Whether you are traveling solo or you don't speak Japanese, I've got you covered. All you need is a bit of courage to immerse yourself in Japan. I'll give you all the knowledge you need to plan your trip, travel confidently and interact with Japanese people so that you are totally excited and encouraged to make a trip to Japan. Let's get stuck in. Bring a piece of paper or notebook and a pen and take notes as I speak. Are you ready? Here are the five key questions to ask yourself to find the right choice for you. Number one, what's your ideal balance between well-known tourist spots and off-the-beaten-track locations? Let me repeat. What's your ideal balance between well-known tourist spots and off-the-beaten-track locations? When I say well-known tourist spots, what kind of things would you think of? Sites that you have seen a picture of on social media or elsewhere? Busier places with lots of international tourists? How about off-the-beaten-path locations? 
We just think of a slower time and less touristy quiet areas that are away from cities. You may be a bit worried that English may not be widely available in these locations. In my opinion, what I mentioned just now are what you are likely to experience in popular tourist spots and remote destinations. So, take these things into consideration before answering this question. While working with my clients, one of the things I've noticed is that people do change their mind during their travel planning process. It's not a bad thing, but I believe fully understanding what's expected in these two types of locations at the beginning of your travel planning journey will help you stick with your priority to the end and make your travel planning process easier. And some people would choose 50-50 on this question. It's okay if this sounds right to you. In my opinion though, it would be easier for you to make a travel plan if you give more weight on one choice against the other, like 70 to 30 or 60 to 40 at least, because you can be more clear about your preferences. To help clarify your choices further, here is a second question for you. What's the ideal split of your time spent in cities and the countryside? In other words, do you prefer city landscapes to countryside scenery or vice versa? When you choose cities, you'd be traveling through busy places and should expect more people, including tourists. This should give you a variety of options for food and accommodations to serve the needs of different people. When you select countryside, you'd have more chances to find fewer international tourists which could possibly mean that you may not find English speakers or signs as much as you have in cities. Which one would be the choice for you? There is no right or wrong answer to every question. The most important thing is to be honest about your preferences so that you can create the best experience for you. Let's move to the next question. Number three. When it comes to countryside landscapes, what scenery would you like to experience? For example, seaside, rivers, lakes, or mountains. When it comes to countryside landscapes, what scenery would you like to experience? Seaside, rivers, lakes, or mountains. In my opinion, this question is important in not only knowing your interest in landscapes, but also discerning your preferences on food, which leads to the next question. Number 4. What's your preference for meat, fish, and vegetables? What's your preference for meat, fish, and vegetables? In Japan, you can get pretty much all types of food everywhere, especially when you are in big cities. However, regional diversity is rich and unique in Japan, so you can find different types of local food as well, especially when you travel beyond major cities. In my opinion, knowing regional characteristics and trying out authentic local food is a fun part of traveling around Japan. And these local foods are often cooked with ingredients that are sourced locally so if you are in the seaside, local food you are likely to get are fish and seafood based dishes. On the other hand, 
If it's inland or near mountains, the food you'll get is more meat-based, and this is also true to meals you'll have at your accommodations. So be aware of these characteristics. And when you make a priority, it would be ideal if you can match your food preferences with scenery choice. In other words, if you'd like to enjoy the best seafood, it would be best to visit the seaside. On the other hand, if you'd like to try meat in Japan, you're likely to have more options in inlands or at least away from the seaside. Vegetable dishes can be found anywhere and you'd like to try special vegetarian shojin ryori that were originally made for Buddhist monks if you are a vegetarian. And this leads to my final question. Number five, what types of accommodations would you like to try? What types of Japanese traditional accommodations would you like to try? There are several types of accommodations that are unique to Japan. I'd like to introduce three types of Japanese inns that provide special food and cultural experiences. For your reference, two meals, dinner and breakfast are usually included in the accommodation fee. Firstly, ryokan. What's commonly recognized in Japan as ryokan are the ones with an onsen public bath facility with a bathtub filled with hot spring water. What you may want to keep in mind when choosing an onsen ryokan is that scenery is part of the onsen experience, so it will be better to be clearer about your preferences on countryside landscapes. In other words, whether you prefer mountains or seaside, as traditional ryokan are often located in the countryside. For food experience, what you'll get at ryokan is kaiseki ryori or high-quality multi-course meal ranging from sashimi to grilled to steamed food plus a bowl of soup, rice, and pickled vegetables. These small dishes will be served one by one so you can take time to appreciate beautifully presented food and the taste of each dish. The next one I'd like to introduce is shukubo or temple lodging. What's special about shukubo is a religious ceremony at the Buddhist altar in the early morning, which is exclusive to the guests who are staying at the inn. You'll get a chance to listen to monks chanting sutras and hear some of the Buddhist teachings directly from the chief monk. Shukubo were originally constructed as lodging for monks who stayed for religious training, so they are often located in sacred mountains or at the headquarters of Buddhist sects, in other words, a big temple. Oftentimes, meals that are served at Shukubo are the so-called shojin ryori cuisine, which is cooked using only vegetables and soybean-based products. Moving on to the family land in Minshuku. Minshuku gives a more of a homey environment, so what I would recommend is lots of interaction with the owner of Minshuku or his family members, as they are living in the same house you'll be staying in or the next door building. This is a great place to interact with locals and get to know their real life. Minshuku are often located in rural areas, both seaside and mountainous areas. At Minshuku, 
What you're likely to get are homemade dishes using vegetables from the owner's home garden or other ingredients produced in the region. You'd also have a chance to try fresh edible wild plants, especially in the springtime, which is a unique local experience of the Japanese countryside. I talked more about these types of experiences in a previous episode, Traditional Japanese Accommodation Explained, which is available on this Japan Experts podcast feed. So if you'd like to learn more, I recommend checking it out. To recap, here are the five key questions that you'd like to ask yourself when narrowing down your long list of choices. Number one, what's your ideal balance between well-known tourist spots and off-the-beaten-track locations? Number two, what's the ideal split of your time spent in cities and countryside? Number three, when it comes to countryside landscapes, what scenery would you like to experience? Seaside, rivers, lakes, or mountains? Number four, What's your preference for meat, fish, and vegetables? Number five, what types of accommodations would you like to try? Ryokan Inn with onsen hot spring, shukubo temple lodging, family-operated minshuku, or city-based hotels. Here you have it. I hope this really supports your travel planning journey. And if you'd like to know more about how to find the right options for you, and create the best experience based on your choices, I'd like to invite you to a free Japan Travel Masterclass tailoring your Japan experience. I'll explain what's discussed in this episode in more detail and so you'll find yourself sifting from overwhelm to clarity stage. I'll also walk you through the types of accommodations you can find in Japan, including detailed features and pricing which is information I haven't shared before. So, if you'd like to make your travel planning journey easier and faster, I'd love to have you on this masterclass. The link to register for free is in the show notes. If you'd like to connect with me for any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can reach out to me on Instagram at japan.experts or you're welcome to join our Facebook group the Japan Experts Community for Travelers. Thanks so much, and I hope you have the most wonderful week. Mm-hmm.